everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger, here to wrap things up for the last week in Tiger Sports for you folks. Uh, very good for baseball. Uh, completed their first uh, series sweep in, in SEC play this year, taking out Ole Miss in three games. Uh, had a little trouble with that midweek game, but we'll get into that. We also had the spring game. It was actually official. It happened this Saturday. Uh, if you weren't able to see it, we'll, we'll give you some tidbits. And uh, we also picked up a commit right afterwards, which is, I think, the point of some of it. Um, and then, of course, we have the NFL draft coming up this week, starting Thursday. Are any Tigers going first? We'll talk. Not first pick, first round, of course. Uh, but we'll talk about that as well. And anything else that kind of comes up before we do, want to check in with the co-host. Hope you all had a good week. Looking forward to... Um, well, talking about LSU baseball for one with you guys, but, uh, you know, just hearing about anything else. How was it? Yeah, good to be with you. Good. Another week of uh, of LSU news, another week of LSU sports, and I'm excited to be talking about it with you, Scott, and Daniel. Very nice. Yeah, happy to be here. I was able to watch most of almost everything this past week, which was good, almost all the baseball games and some of the spring games, so uh, feeling caught up and yeah, with the good production, happy to uh, break that down as we're getting down the stretch here in the baseball season. Feels like it kind of just started, but now we're we're wrapping it up. I know we only got like a few more weekend series. I mean, it still seems so far away, but you know, knowing that we could probably only like it's what fifty six, fifty eight games. I forget because each before each game they put up you know the number. This this time I think it was like thirty six. Thirty six. It's fifty six, I think, right? Fifty six. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like we're getting there. Still, like so many more, so much, so many more innings of baseball to go. But uh, Tigers still in great position. They did lose the uh, Tuesday game against Lafayette. The Cajuns came in and were raging. Um, they, you know, it's not like they. I don't know. I, I don't want to say they were dominant because LSU couldn't really, you know, fight back. But uh, Cajuns were just very, very opportunistic. Took took their chance. Took uh, or made the most of their chances is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, Tigers did okay. You know, we saw. I guess the only thing I would be wondering is like we saw one good inning from Javen Coleman, and then after that, I felt like it was downhill pitching wise. Um, I mean, the I, I don't know. He had one good inning though, right? And yeah. then that was it. Uh, we did see him yesterday, I believe, though, in, uh, against Ole Miss. But um, lose the midweek game. Some I mean, it's the first one we lost this year, I think. But it's it's no big deal because you look around, everyone lost. A lot of people lost their midweek games. You know, Vanderbilt lost to Indiana State, for crying out loud. Uh, there's a few other SEC teams that lost. Um, you can look that up if you like, just so you know, we're not the only ones. But, I mean, we swept Ole Miss. We hadn't done that all, all season with an SEC team. So I was happy for that. And we actually, we had a kind of came back and won it. You know, some, some teams have come back and won against us like that, where we thought we might've swept. Uh, but all in all, you know, uh, if you look Friday through Sunday, I think the thing that stands out other than the fact that our lineup is, I guess, just to not, not to be denied, um, you know, and more times than not is the, uh, you know, the pitching, all of our guys pitch longer than uh, I think we've ever seen a, a unit do in a weekend. Uh, Paul Skeens, I mean, we've seen him go almost the distance. He pitched, what, 
like seven innings. Um, yeah. he's, he's done that before. Uh, he got the win. Ty Floyd, though. Ty Floyd went eight and a third, which is amazing. And it's like, you know, it's it, it, whatever we saw two weeks ago. You know, that was two weeks ago. Thank goodness he he turned it around. Um, and then you had Sunday, uh, Christian Little went five innings. Like, God, what else can you ask for from a day three guy? You know, his best outing, maybe of his career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at his Vanderbilt games because I knew he he started some there. But uh, yeah, best it's his best outing of his LSU career. And then uh, you know, as far as LSU man, um, it was who we would expect to see. You know, Dylan Cruz kind of took care of one game with a couple homers by himself, uh, hitting two. One was his first Grand Slam as a Tiger, and then um, it, you know it was just the usual suspects in Game One, Game Three. We kind of had to be, you know, uh, saved by an unsung hero, and that was uh, Hayden Travinsky. So uh, it's, we're just winning in all ways. Tommy, what's your take from the weekend, man? It's kind of be, you know, a little inspiring, noticing we can sweep, but we can also do it in different ways. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the bigger takeaway is that or just the the added longevity with the pitching. What do, what do you think? Man, I, I, I was, after that after that game against UL, um, <laughs> yeah, whew, I, I think that was probably the worst we've seen LSU play this entire year. I think that's, that's, that's like the, the floor of this team. And I, it, uh, and so I, I really was thinking after that loss, I was like, man, are the, are the wheels kind of coming off of this thing? Like, is this, is this how it's going to go? Um, you're right that it is good for us that, you know, a bunch of other teams lost their midweek game too. And it's the end of the season. I mean, it's it's tough. It's a grind. We were talking about it. You know, there's fifty something, fifty six games or or whatever. To where, um, I mean, it's it's not. You know, this isn't early in the season. Everyone's tired. Everyone's kind of fatigued. Um, and really quickly, the Cajuns are no slouches. Oh no, they always have a great program. You know, like yeah. Now they're not SEC, right? That's some. That's not one we should we should lose. Um, I don't think that's an excuse, but yeah, they're, they're always putting out a very competitive product. Um, I, I just, I got, I got very worried after that. I think that the, the series, uh, sweep against Ole Miss is, is like you said, inspiring. Um, I really like the way that we were able to, to put it together. It wasn't like we just went out there and beat, beat them 10 to nothing three games in a row. You know what I mean? Like we were able to kind of finesse our way through it, grit our way through it. And uh, and and be real scrappy, especially in that last game, um, with the you know the walk and then taking uh, getting hit, you know taking taking a uh, base on balls that way. Um, so I, it was ex- it's exciting. Um, I'm hoping we can kind of get back this week to some more dominant baseball that we that we played pretty much throughout the SEC play so far. Run um, rule, run rules, and you know. Uh, I mean, Skeens has been great all year, but I, you know, I want to see him. Let, let's get him back to almost being untouchable. Um, and and you know, let's let's do the same thing with uh, with. I hope we can figure out this pitching situation, because again, that was that was what kind of hurt us in, against in the midweek game. That was what kind of hurt us uh, towards the end of the the Ole Miss series. Right, uh, a lot to unpack here in the baseball. So I'll start with the first game against UL. It's reminiscent of the one game we played last year against Louisiana Tech, where Tech. it's kind of their Super Bowl. And even though 
in this game, UL was coming to Baton Rouge. <clears throat> they played their best game and they even put in their ace pitcher at the very end to close it out. Like they like had to win this one. And obviously as an LSU fan, you're like, all right, come on, we got to beat little brother here, but uh, it is okay. Uh, we hadn't lost an in-state game all year. So it was kind of bound to happen sooner or later and other teams have done the same. So uh, I was glad to see them rebound for that and not slide into a, a further slump against Ole Miss because that could really take the air out of your sails going into the weekend. And like you mentioned, Tommy, each game against Ole Miss, I was a hard-fought game. We didn't score. We scored eight runs. I think it's seven, seven, and eight, uh, which is a good amount of runs. But it's not LSU like dominance. No. Uh, and the the pitching was mostly consistent. Obviously, Skeens did well. Ty Floyd with a career outing, going eight innings. And then uh, Christian Little also, but there were some misses as well. Um, Javen Coleman, who was in his second appearance in the Sunday game, gave up a few runs and forced us to come into the heroic uh, pinch hit three run home run in the the top of the ninth by Hayden Travinsky to take the lead. But um, the clutch hitting was there. We had, I think, two grand slams and a three run home run. So we had power when we needed to. Um, People stepped up. The fielding was good overall. And yeah, just a, a, a hard fought win in Oxford. Uh, a lot of people there in attendance to see Ole Miss. Um, country superstar Morgan Wallen was there on Friday. They were showing him on TV. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to see LSU win on national stage because that was one of the knocks against us as the number one team is that we couldn't put a sweep together. Uh, and we did that. So it was very much needed, especially as everyone else fell around us. So it's us, Wake Forest, and then I think... Uh, I'm blanking here on who the number three team was. Uh, but yeah, we're still, still number one uh, in the country. Oh, South Carolina was the other team kind of claiming to be number one because they went one and one with us. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got all... Florida, weren't they third? Yeah, they were, but then they had a, a rough week this week. They, um, I've got the the rankings. They went one and three. So that they've only dropped to four if they're still a top five team. But yeah, they were one and three and Vanderbilt was 0 and four uh, on the past week. So not great for them. Uh, and then we got Alabama coming up this week, which is definitely another winnable series at home. Um, and if we can get the brooms out and sweep again, that would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a few things to work on. We saw the the Thatcher Hurd experiment go badly against UL. Uh, Jay Johnson opened the box and he came out and started walking people left and right. Uh, and then he immediately put him right back in the box and he didn't come appear for the whole rest of the weekend. <laughs> Uh, so maybe he'll get another shot against Nichols tomorrow. But uh, yeah, the relief pitching is still a, a definite question for the Tigers going down the stretch into the postseason. Also, yeah. one thing to note, and I don't know if you all heard anything. I haven't. What about Tommy Tanks? Yeah, it was it was mysterious that he didn't play the last game. They were saying injury um, and it was kind of unspecified. You could see him in his hoodie in the, in the dugout kind of jumping around after we hit the, the last home run. So it doesn't look like anything too serious. Uh, but I think just precautionary. It was good to see Gavin Dugas back out there coming back from injury. He didn't have the series of his career or anything, but uh, glad he's on the mend. Sorry, I didn't kind of cut you off, Scott. Yeah, no worries. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he can come back into it slowly, right? Because there's no rush. Um, and I think just the fact that it was already, we'd already won the series against Ole Miss. Like he came out, he hit in the top of the first, and then he came out. Uh, they said he was dinged up. So he was probably just sore. And they're like, you know what? We already won the series. No need to push it. Uh, Get get well. We kind of need you later on uh, for these upcoming series, Hoover, Omaha, hopefully. Um, hopefully it's that, and he is just banged up, tired, whatever. It's, not, it's like you hear in football always. He's just banged up. He just, 
it's so non, you know, it doesn't, it could mean anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe unrelated to baseball, who knows? But I mean, like I said, he was already out there in the first inning. So I, I, he's probably just tired hurting. Um, but looking around the rest of the league, I mean, I, it was great to get the win. Uh, I didn't say before we won seven to three, eight to four. And then that great to come from behind in the top of the ninth to win seven to six. Um, it was, I, I don't know. Like I said, it was, uh, we're still the only team to, to not have lost a series this season in the sec. Um, but some teams definitely did. Like you said, Florida lost three to South Carolina, South Carolina. looks like they could be contenders. Um, it was interesting though, that cause Vanderbilt lost or they got swept by Tennessee in Knoxville. Um, so, so much for them being, you know, like quietly good and sneaking up on everybody. Right. Like that's, that was, that's what we said. I think the last week was like, well, Vanderbilt's just been good. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, it wasn't even close in two of those games. It was nine to one at the bottom of the, or at the top of the second um, on Saturday. And then you had UGA sweep Arkansas. And they're kind of just coming on lately. They weren't, they didn't look great at the beginning, but in April, they've taken two out of three from Kentucky. They took two out of three from Florida. They just swept Arkansas. They still have to play some heavy hitters, um, but I don't know. I just, uh, you can get out at the right time, right? Yeah, yeah. Georgia's the last uh, series on our schedule in, I think, four weeks from now. And yeah, that was looking that like a, an neat. Yeah, an easy yeah. closeout for us, but maybe dangerous. Uh, like I said, we got Bama this week, and they're not a baseball power or anything, but they're not a pushover either. I was looking at their schedule, and they were 29-12 and 12 overall, 9-9 nine and nine in the SEC. So, um, Plus, it always feels good if you can just beat Alabama in anything. So good luck to the Tigers there. Yeah, um, I think overall, it's like you can you can definitely be streaky. You can Teams can hit – they can like that started the season great. They can kind of taper off or guys that didn't start great can kind of ramp up towards the end. Um, I don't know. I think I like where we are. We're just steady. Good. Right. No one, no one's taken a series from us yet. I know we owe South Carolina game, but we'll probably have that one in Hoover, but I, I don't know. I just feel like we're steady Eddie, nothing to worry about. Like you said, Tommy's like, Oh great. If we lost the UL game, I'll wait to see what we do this weekend. But like, if we don't win that series, then yeah, like maybe, you know, maybe something's starting to loosen up a bit and uh, Jay Johnson needs to tighten that belt, but I I think we're okay. I, th- I think he really did tighten up the belt. And I, and I also think, and, and we talked about this last year, um, but I, I still I agree this year. The, uh, I think, I think that anytime that he's going to play Ole Miss, there's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder just because of um, Mike Bianco. And, you know, a lot of people thinking, oh, man, it should have been him. It should, you know, it should have been Bianco instead of Jay Johnson. So I feel like he's going to, you know, want to take take him out anytime. They play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of uh, connections, I didn't know this, but uh, there's a player on Ole Miss, Will Furness. It's Eddie Furness, his son. He was like the LSU hits leader. Uh, I, I guess he's going because his dad i think played with bianco like maybe that's the the connection that's why he went there i don't know like why else would you not go to lsu like i I didn't even know he was i didn't know that was a thing that he was uh you know his son was playing and he chose Ole miss but i'm guessing that's why because of bianco because you know whatever he probably probably knew my bianco and and will furnace hit a three-run home run in that second game to make it close (laughs) against the tigers yeah yeah probably could have used him 
but oh well. Um, looking forward, like uh, like Daniel said, we we got Nichols Tuesday and then Alabama. There are no slouches, but uh, I don't know. It's, I feel like this is another opportunity for another sweep. Um, we're hitting this back half of the schedule. Ole Miss, you know, I noticed none of us have said, "Oh, well, they were the you know the defending national champions," because it's it's not the same team. Obviously, it's not, they're, not they're, even close. Yeah, they're two games above five hundred, like period. Like not not even looking at their SEC uh, record, but they're like twenty one and nineteen right now. So uh, definitely not the same team. Uh, I mean, obviously they you know they can be a threat if you let them in the game. If you leave them, you know, if you don't score enough points, they can definitely come back quickly. We we gave up so many three three like three three run home runs the last few series. Um, but whatever, as long as we get some grand slams to cover for it, I guess we're okay. Um, but yeah, man, pitching, it's going to be interesting to see who's healthy in a few weeks. Cause I think that'll kind of help determine how far we can go. Um, hopefully, hopefully some other guy, I don't know. I'm just waiting to see somebody like Riley Cooper or Thatcher Hurd just come in and throw three shutdown innings out of nowhere. Like it just all of a sudden clicks, you know, they figure something out. Can't blame it on the pitching coast. You know, we got the, one of the best ones in the, in the world. So I don't know. Remains to be seen. Uh, but I mean, that's that's what was uh, going on in all in in Oxford and Baton Rouge. And they had themselves a football game, and I don't know. If, I, I didn't see like the crowd. I wasn't able to watch really any of it. Just just some highlights here and there. Um, I think Daniel, you did. So maybe you can speak on that on the presentation of it. Because before, you know, it's always been kind of loose casual you know they're talking to the coach who's standing in the middle of the field while they're calling plays but i don't know what when i saw some highlights like they, they were front loaded with all the special team stuff so that's why i was wondering if, if yeah we did it weird again it know? was it wasn't the traditional format where it's pretty much just like you have your first team offense versus your first team defense and they play for a little bit and the second team offense plays the second team defense uh they like you said they started out with the special teams they had about 20 minutes of just like kicking field goals and punting, which kind of was a bit of a, a drag. The commentators like didn't even know what to talk about. <laughs> they kept saying like, uh, come back after this commercial break and we're going to have some 11 on lo- on 11 for you. <laughs> but in the meantime, we watched like five shanked field goals and then some punts, uh, which was a little bit kind of lame. But then they got the offense out on the field. Um, Jaden Daniels was running the first team O uh, against the first team defense and the the way they well traditionally it's kind of like purple team versus the the white team or whatever yeah uh and both teams have offense and defense but this one was all the offense versus all the defense and offense scores points like normal and defense scores points for various things like a fourth down stop or a turnover gets you x number of points or um a sack in the backfield gets you like one point and it ended up tied 32 to 32 i don't know exactly how that worked out the scoring system was strange but yeah the, the first play of the game uh Jaden Daniels found Kyron Lacey over the middle Lacey made an awesome like one-handed catch mm-hmm. and then spun around the defender and raced for a 70-yard touchdown so kicked it off with a bang and then it was kind of back and forth from there I guess some of the highlights uh included both quarterbacks uh Daniels and Nussmeyer are looking good uh in the in the passing game with long completions and uh, not too many sacks uh, Harold Perkins looking as big of a threat as ever got one big tackle for loss. Although I With think it was kind of just like the right. Yeah. And, and number four, 
And then, yeah, a lot, a lot of flashes from players who you haven't really heard a lot about, like Whit Weeks, freshman brother of LSU linebacker West Weeks, got an interception. Um, there was a few young guys like Landon uh, Ibieta, freshman wide receiver, caught a touchdown as well. Really? And then uh, Malik Neighbors looking like a true number one wide receiver, which we saw last year. So uh, those were some of the good things. Uh, some of the bad things, a lot of people hurt. We didn't really get to see our full strength on either side, I would say. Uh, which is understandable. You want to give them a rest, but I like to see the the full set of tigers, and then just kind of I've general spring negatives. games, and then just kind of general spring game stuff. Like the run game was not exceptional. Uh, Trey Holly was kind of only the main back, and he didn't have a ton of explosiveness. Uh, and then a few penalties and kind of slow p- place of, pace of play, I guess. But uh, that's about it. Uh, what, what did you have on all this, Tommy? Uh, I just had. I just had the main negatives for me, the weird center field logo and the, the way they uh, did the end zones did not like either of those. And they kept hyping them up on Twitter and on (laughs) Instagram and everywhere. Like, check this out, look at our new designs. And I was like, man, did like Brian Kelly come up with this himself or something? Cause it looked terrible. Probably the path, but it was only for the game, right? No, it is. Uh, I just, I don't know. Like I felt like they were the way they were promoting it was like, ooh, like we got like like I got the feeling I got really worried when I saw it because I was like, are they trying to like do this for real? The the path thing I think was definitely only for the game for that for the spring game. But that end zone like decoration was just ugly. And they better not try to do that for during the like I could see them trying to do that for some game and ugh. Well, to be to be honest, I'm not entirely against a, a change in the end zones. I like the tiger eye in the middle. You can't really mess with that. Yeah. Uh, I think the the go font LSU in the end zone. I mean, that's kind of I could take or leave it at this point. No. They, yeah. yeah. If agree. they want to mix it up, that's good. But yeah, I don't think this way was kind of it. I guess. I I agree. Like I would not be opposed to them switching up the the end zones, but but don't do it this way. <laughs> like give me go font for this like that's yeah. that over that it, it just it looked weird i i do appreciate them trying to mix it up and i i definitely love stripes i think they were trying to replicate the the stripes on our helmet but it just yeah. it, it didn't look right because there's no lsu like on the stripes so it's just like if the, why why wouldn't the stripes go across the field like horizontal instead of vertical up and down you know it just it, it was weird uh, I agree. I didn't look right. The past, yeah, it looked great for today or that, you know, yeah, Saturday, but that we don't need that every time. And why 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 mess with a good thing? I the tiger. Um but overall, oh, by the way, some of the scoring, yeah. I, I think one of the final part of the reason the final score was the way it was, it was negative five if you missed a field goal. Like it, right. And there was a couple of those. Yeah. So but but it, but I don't know, it's like they tied it on a winning field or a a good field goal. So there you go. I also uh, wonder if this, and I could totally see Brian Kelly, like wanting to do this, like sometimes in these kind of organized, like scrimmages or whatever, they'll intentionally like try to make it a tie. You know what I mean? Like I could see that being not, not that he's telling people miss field goals, but like right. that they're calling plays and like, and setting, setting them up to like where it's going to be a tie. Sure. Yeah, I see what you mean. Where it's like you don't really want your offense to win eighty-seven to two or something like that. It's like, well, yeah. the defense is just terrible. It's like, oh, both sides are competitive, and uh, we got we got playmakers on both sides. And, exactly. Uh, like I they mean, can take I'm not this saying, into the summer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly that. Like, 
And like, I, I don't, I think it's kind of dumb, but like, I know that, I know people do that. They'll be, you know, that they'll want to, because it, it's just like the thing of like, um, uh, when, when you have like a scrimmage, you've got two quarterbacks, like you want to make sure that, that both quarterbacks, like if one quarterback throws like two touchdowns and they're, and you're like, and they're competing for a job, you want to make sure the other quarterback gets like, gets two touchdowns. So that way it's not like a, a blowout kind of thing. Speaking of which, did y'all have any opinion on Daniels versus Nussmeyer in this? I don't know if you if you caught any really of the highlights, but I think both of them looked good. And I mean, J- Daniels, I think probably a little bit better and still quarterback one. But I think that'll be an interesting discussion, at least from disgruntled fans online. As soon as somebody throws an interception, like who's going to be QB one? Yeah, um, I don't know. I just I I feel like I mean, like last year in the spring game, didn't Nussmeyer kind of stand out? Yeah, he played well last year, and I think we were having the same conversation. We were having the same honest. conversation, yeah. And so it was like, you know, I remember, you know, it's like, who knows? I, I, the spring game is such like a, uh, such a uh, controlled environment. I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, you know, I think it uh, both look good. Jane Daniels took us to the, to the SEC championship. Like, that, you can't take that away from him. And so... But Nussmeyer looks good, so I'm going to ride the fence on that. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a tale of two QBs, right? Because uh, Jaden does what he does well, and you know there were some some limitations to him, like really showing us what he could do. So to me, that's all I'm concerned with. Is uh, it's one thing we don't have to be we don't have to worry about with Nussmeyer is him being aggressive enough to take a shot down the field. We know he's going to do that. We actually trying to have to hold him back from that so he doesn't throw interceptions, you know, inadvertently. Uh, so to me, and I don't know if you would see this in the spring game. If, if you saw, let me know. But uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think we just need to know that he can be aggressive and take shots down the field, so we don't have to run for seven yards or fifteen. It's like we, let's just kill him with a seventy-yard bomb like he did with Lacey, and put this game away early. You know. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say about Daniels, though, is that he looked a little more comfortable throwing downfield and into contested areas in the spring game. And that's something that we called him out a lot for last year for avoiding those type of passes. Maybe it's a, a mental thing where he doesn't want to throw an interception. And it's it's easier to do in the spring game because if somebody picks it off, it's your own guy and it's just practice. Uh, so that'll be something to to look forward to, whether that kind of confidence continues or whether it's kind of a, a flash in the pan there. But I will say that it's a good feeling and, and a kind of a rare feeling as an LSU fan to have a quarterback who has veteran experience and has taken you pretty far in college football uh, when not a whole lot of like top level teams are actually have that luxury this year. Um, like Texas is in a quarterback battle, Alabama, they're turning over Ohio State as well. Um, the only other real kind of big con- Clemson, like DJ left. The only other real big contenders who have a returning guy, are like Michigan with JJ McCarthy, um, USC with uh, Caleb Williams, even like Georgia. I mean, Stetson Bennett's gone, so they got a quarterback battle as well. But LSU has Jaden Daniels, and so can't really complain too much about that. Mm. Nope. Uh, Ricky Collins got some some action too, right? And um, I think he was when they gave uh, Weeks that interception that he took to the house. But I mean, he got he got to get in there, which is uh, which is good. Get him get him started early. Get him in the system. Um, I was going to ask you guys. There was a there was a well. 
before I ask you that, there was a uh, a commit right after the game, uh, four star Deshaun McBride. I know he's out of Denham Springs, but uh, Daniel, I don't know if you had any more on him than that. Uh, not much. Yeah, four star safety out of Denham Springs. He's the number four player in Louisiana for this class, according to to two four seven. So, uh, yeah, good to get the the hometown guys. I believe he was pretty trending pretty hard to some other schools, um, including Florida before this. So good to for LSU to pull him in. And like you, like you said, this is one of the hopes for the spring game is to attract positive attention towards your program and and get these guys in there. And then another one. We Colorado had their spring game and that was a whole nother circus, but they're having about a million guys enter the transfer portal, including uh, like the second rated tight end in the country who's from Louisiana. So now there's some rumors that he might be flipping back to, to LSU uh, from Colorado. So um, interesting to look at there. Yeah. You got to yeah. wonder what they saw in the spring game. Was that what you're going to say, Tommy? I, I don't know. I was just curious. Like why, why are these guys bailing ship now? I don't know. Yeah, no, I actually I don't necessarily have a take on Florida. I mean, on on uh, Colorado, I did have a have a have a, just a comment on because Daniel, you said you know uh, McBride had been kind of trending towards Florida for a while um, before making the commitment to LSU. I just have to say, I mean, between where's Billy Napier? Like, what's he up to? You haven't heard much from him. I, you know, this guy this is the guy who's supposed, who's supposed to take Florida to the next level, and and hit the guy who we missed on. Oh, we should have gotten him instead of BK, and. uh I don't know. I don't know where BN is, but I know where BK is. <laughs> yeah. He's having his way. Yeah. Um, speaking of people having their way. He uh, rules. <laughs> Do you guys see that there was a rule change this week in college football? Yeah, I was going to mention one. that, actually. Ah, well, go ahead, man. I I, uh, I don't know. Go go ahead. Uh, you, it's you can... uh, sure to be controversial for – any number of reasons among the fans, but yeah, the new rule for this year, I believe it's in effect immediately is that uh, the clock will no longer stop on first downs in college football, which is very strange considering that's one of the hallmarks of college football when compared to the NFL. I mean, there's a number of differences, but that's probably like the number one difference I would say besides maybe the overtime rules. Uh, But yeah, so it should, they say it might make games faster than other people say, well, it's just going to get us to the commercials faster, so it's we can stuff more, more commercials in the game. Yeah, uh, and it might be an overall net negative for the fans because you get less football and more commercials. But um, we'll see how that plays out. I, I thought that rule had. I guess it, I guess it went official. I heard. I guess they were floating it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think they finally had the the vote by whoever votes on these things this past week. Yeah, it's the it's the rules committee, but then there's some other committee that. It takes the changes and then it implements them. Mm. Something I don't know. Um, it's kind of interesting, but it's you're right. They they're doing it to shave time, which is silly. But from a report I saw, it's only reducing per game like an average of seven plays. Great. Which to me it doesn't sound much, but if you think about how long it takes for a play, and if the clock stops, if they push it all the way to the end of the play clock. You know, um, it could stretch out, but um, there were two exceptions to this. It'll still tick if it's after the like a two minute warning. So if it's after two minutes and there's a first down, the clock will stop. Okay. The, only other, the only other exception is they're not taking this. They're not adapting this rule in Division Three. 
Division three actually pushed back and said, no, nah, we don't like it. <laughs> so do they don't have LSU, to do, do we think LSU could drop down to D3 and compete? <laughs> uh, they could at least compete for the division, right? Somewhere. Somewhere. Then they really, we really will run this state if that's yeah. the case. Uh, but I just, I thought that was interesting. And you see with the pitch clock, now they're doing with, uh, with football just to shave seven, seven plays off. I, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, I, I think, um, gosh, who was it? Who, who I saw say it, it was a baseball player. Um, they were talking about the pitch clock and it's the same thing with this football. It's like, we're creating rules. Maybe it was King Griffey Jr. It was some great, like a hall of fame baseball player. It was like, oh no, was it Pete Rose? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was a Hall of Fame baseball player. Said we're creating rules to to for people to to we're creating rules to try and get people who would watch Netflix either way to try and watch our game. I mean, and like the, 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 these rules are not like people who watch baseball, people who watch college football don't they? If you're already watching, if you're already a fan, you don't care. If you get if you get you know if you get maybe five minutes less and you're like oh I, I like I saved so much time on this game because the clock kept going or because my pitcher was rushed like people don't really care if you're a fan if you're and so like the people who who really complain that oh the games are too long they don't matter oh I can't stand it I can't stand how long they are um they're not gonna watch either way they wouldn't watch if it was ten minutes long right and and on that note I think if you're watching at home uh like college football you're kind of accepting there's going to be a pretty big amount of commercials and you've been conditioned to to do that but it's not really the end of the world because you can flip to the other game or you can go you get can your get snacks leave. or something <laughs> the people that the current thing really hurts in my opinion is the fans at the game who have to watch the guy the referee run out with a three-minute clock and just stand there for basically no reason uh usually either in the very hot weather or the very cold weather and just wait for like nothing before they get back into the action and because there's nothing to distract you i mean yeah, you can talk to the, the person next plays. to you what'd you say the band plays well, yeah, and I, I mean, you can talk to the person next to you. You can go to the concession stand, but it's like, oh, what are we doing here? Um, what would we do? What would we do? With it? When would we announce the uh, that like you know we want to recognize this big donor for their great contributions to LSU, and they walk on the field and stand next to that three minute uh, cl- clock you talked about? <laughs> and you don't realize how bad that is until you go to like a high school game or something where they don't have that, and then like as soon as the defense is off the field, the other team is right back on your plan, and then your game is over in two hours two and a half hours and you're like this is pretty fun uh i don't think we can get rid of that that the tv is not going to give up that money but that's just kind of a uh, maybe a boomer complaint on my end <laughs> there you go yeah but i mean in most cases like for this purpose like when you get the first down yeah the clock stops but uh if the team's in the, if especially if you're the offense if you're in a rhythm you want to snap it again quickly. There's, it's not like they, every time they, you know, the clock stops until the play starts again, or they they always push it right to the end of the play clock before they snap. It's like it's it's so all over the place. It's not like they're gonna sh- save anything specific. Where I could I could see how a pitch count could because it's that is just completely wide open. But uh, you know, you want to slow the pace down. Football, it's not always the case. You know, you want to go fast. Some guys do. Anyway, it'll be like Oregon, right? Like how many times do you think Oregon, after they got a first down, sat there and just, you know, 
putzed around until 35 seconds were gone. Yeah. Anyway. That's a, a less miles offense. <laughs> right? God, where's that guy at? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> Uh, coming up this week, though, we got uh, some more football, some maybe a sign of some things to come. Got the NFL draft starting on Thursday. Um, pretty sure a Tiger is not going to go first, but I'm sure there's going to be some Tigers picked. Do you think a Tiger will go in the first round? I think that's a, a good debate. Uh, like you said, the NFL draft, the eternal hope of all pro football fans is coming this Thursday in Kansas City for the first time. That'll be interesting. Uh, home of the defending champion Chiefs, who I believe are picking last. But yeah, like you asked, will an LSU player go in the first round? Our best hope is BJ Ojolari, who's right now is projected as kind of a early to mid second round pick. So I would say it's possible, but maybe not probable if a team really likes him, likes his athleticism and, and speed and reach off the edge, then yeah, it could happen. And, and I'd like to see that uh, if they can look, he didn't have a ton of production last year at LSU, but definitely showed those flashes of athleticism that NFL scouts really like. So hopefully um, he can do that and we'll have a first round pick, but I wouldn't get your hopes too high. If you're an LSU fan, you may have to tune in uh, to the second and third rounds on Friday to see him come off the board it, it, it there's no joe burrow this year we're going one one or Derek stingley going i think number three yeah um i mean i, I do think i mean he's he's the arguably the second best edge edge player in this draft i mean will anderson's clearly the best and he's gonna go i think number two overall most likely um but you know i think there's a debate between between bj and and uh nolan smith out of georgia um He'll probably, you know, Nolan Smith will probably get the nod just because they're national champions, and you know, when they played us, they wax us and everything. But um, yeah, you're right, Daniel. He's he's the best best we have to offer, I think, in this draft. Yeah, and another conversation is Keishon Butte, who we were talking about this before the pod uh, a year and a half ago. He would have been basically a lock to be a first round pick, maybe even wide receiver one coming off yeah. the board, and now he's slid very far. I'm looking at this website right now that has kind of projected draft slots and he's listed at 97. So that's a fringe third round pick uh, for Mr. Kayshawn who, yeah, his freshman year flashed that five-star potential uh, had yards and yards uh, and then just kind of slid both in terms of production and effort and injuries. So some team is going to pick him and hopefully he'll have a good career in the NFL and he can bounce back from that. Uh, But it's kind of a, a sad story there. Yeah, I like, but he he really could have. I feel like put in some work. I I mean, not not just I don't know that he, in fact, did not. But just going by the pro day or the combine, it didn't really seem like anything had changed from the season. I, I don't know. It's just the numbers, right? Like they're they're always looking at the numbers, the forty time, the shuttle time, height, jump, all that stuff. So I I don't know that he, it's like he he maybe could have solidified himself as no less than a second but well it was it was that strange story where we had the bowl game against purdue and then he opts out like or he says he's gonna play and then he opts out like the day before the bowl game and we're thinking oh well he doesn't want to get hurt he's got to be confident in his combine abilities blah 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 and then he comes out the combine and runs the slowest time of all the wide receivers it's like oh come on man like at least play in the game and show us something uh, so it's kind of befuddling. Maybe he had an agent or his mama or somebody talking in his ear, telling him he's going to get the money. Uh, but unfortunately for him, that money is maybe not going to 
fill the bank account too heavily. Man, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I, it, I don't know about him. I think that if, even from from the beginning of last season, it just it looked like he is slower. It looked like he put on weight. And then, of course, there were the issues of just like, you know, did he really want to be there? Did what, what kind of what kind of character did he have? What kind of, um, uh, you know, how how engaged was he in the team, even even when he when his number wasn't being called as much as he'd hoped it would be? Um, and I think all of those, you know, he, he didn't he it does not appear from the outside that he has made um made the most of his situation and tried to improve on his draft stock. I mean, maybe he's, maybe he has given it a really great try and he just, but like, yeah, you're right, Scott, like the 40 time, not good. I think, you know, the, everything that, everything that we've seen, all the measurables, um, it, it, he's, he's just gone downhill since, since basically, you know, it's like when he dropped that, when he dropped that slant against Florida state, basically for the game, week Mm -hmm. one from then on he has been cursed it was chalked up Mm. interesting well i guess um on on the draft i'll read out the rest of the tigers who may have their name called throughout the weekend uh this is just kind of according to this website that i was looking at like like i said bj maybe second round kashan third somewhere between second to fourth round depending on how teams are looking at them uh, Jaquel and Roy D tackle, maybe kind of a mid round pick, uh, as well as Makai Garner quarterback, like a mid round pick. And then uh, a handful of guys who might come off the board late in the, in the late rounds, uh, linebacker, Mike Jones, safety, Jay Ward, D and Ali gay D lineman, Anthony Bradford, uh, cornerback, Jerk Bernard Converse. So about seven to eight guys who, who might, uh, be drafted from LSU, not the the bumper crops that we saw in 2020, or even I think last or two years ago, we had a, a pretty good amount of people drafted. Uh, but yeah, no marquee players, unfortunately, and hopefully we can reload and come back strong to the NFL next year. The only thing that I guess is as hopeful is maybe a lot of the talent is staying at LSU. Um, and I think that's certainly the case for a, a fair number of positions, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going back to you know thursday because that is just going to be round one uh who do you think the panthers will take bryce oh, young got, or other that's <laughs> got to be bryce young right daniel yeah i think so there was a little bit of wavering for a while some people were saying oh the panthers love anthony richardson like he could go one one but i think the the consensus is solidified back around bryce young so he'll probably go first but then the the big questions are are after that, where I think the um the Texans are too, yeah, yeah. um and they uh may go quarterback as well, but they might also go lineman. Um, I don't really know, and it's uh yeah Cardinals at number three probably not picking a quarterback. Uh, Colts who uh they they might get a quarterback as well, so. At first, there was talk that we might go quarterback for the first four picks in a row. That's not looking so likely anymore. Um, but I think, yeah, at least four quarterbacks will go first round, which is actually quite a few. So um, a lot of teams will have some hope for for next year. The Saints aren't picking until 29. 29. Uh, yeah. So the Saints are going to be kind of scrounging the bottom of the barrel here, and I'm assuming they'll pick some random person who you've never heard of like they like to do every single year. Yeah, exactly. They'll pick, they'll pick a 
right guard from Iowa. Um, no, uh, well, I think what's what's really crazy is if you look at all the mock drafts, um, like you said, they don't be it's you know, quarterback, 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 quarterback. Um, I mean, going into this past year and even towards the end of this year, I think I would have said, like, uh, this is kind of a weaker, I feel like it's Bryce Young and all the rest as far as quarterbacks go, you know what I mean? Like, Anthony yep. Richardson before the season and during the season, nobody would have said. Oh, this guy, he's he's an NFL, he's a first rounder, he's a he's a top 10 pick. Um CJ Shroud is has always been good. I've never thought he was I've never thought he was, you know, absolutely best. Um it doesn't surprise me that he's gonna that he'd go, you know, top 10. I think he's 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 very, very good, but I don't I don't know if he's gonna be a lasting NFL player. Um Will Levis is another one that, you know. You'd heard you, you, people had talked about him, and he'd gotten he'd had success, um, at the collegiate level, but I don't think that uh, that you know we're or I I mean I I for one did not expect this uh this many of this class's quarterbacks to be as highly touted going out of the draft or going into the draft. Yeah, I think it kind of comes on the back of the trend recently in the NFL where quarterbacks who had that stigma of maybe they got a lot of athleticism, but they struggle, maybe they're good runners, but they struggle with their passing accuracy uh, or maybe college production, kind of like Josh Allen from Wyoming. There was a lot of question marks around him or even like Lamar Jackson. I mean, he won the Heisman, but people didn't really see him as the prototypical like NFL pocket passer. And then he's an MVP, I think three years in. So uh, I think the NFL GMs have kind of come to view the, potential of a quarterback as maybe just as valuable as their college production. So for every like Trevor Lawrence, like you had last year where he's like, obviously the number one guy. Now you have people like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis who are like, we they're, they're seeing the statue inside the marble blocks. Like we can chip away at this and and make a, an NFL quarterback out of him. Yeah. I also, I do feel like the quarterback is the position that NFL teams are willing to like take a flyer on. And like be like, you know what? This is probably like this is the best guy available at the quarterback position right now. And we will like they will gladly burn a they'll and I feel like these these GMs and these talent evaluators talk themselves into, and maybe I'll be maybe I'll be wrong, but like in my opinion, I don't think Anthony Richardson, um like I, I don't I, I don't think he's a he's not gonna be a starter in the NFL. And I know he I know he has an impressive pro day. I know he's got a great looking you know, he's, he's got an incredible body and he can throw and he's got, you know, the biggest arm in the world and all this stuff. But um, I, I think that there's a lot of like talking yourselves into this guy's, this guy's the the future. This guy's the un, the unsung hero where they don't really do that as much, or maybe you just don't hear about it as much um, on the other positions. Yeah. <coughs> Sam Darnold. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, that's why I don't buy too much into all the hypes they're putting into someone because, you know, no one saw Tom Brady having the career he did, right? Like he was picked so late. Um, but looking at what is available, no one mentioned Will Levis. Uh, there's been like soft buzz around him. More of it's been around Bryce Young and Richardson. You say Stroud, but uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm not completely convinced. But I'll ask you this: What do you what do you guys think of these? Because uh, you know they'll have the quarterbacks take these cognition tests. It used to be the Wonderlick. I don't know. I think if it's not the same, it's now it's the S two 
but whatever. But the you know supposedly the scores came out and Stroud's was like really low. All oh, the really? other guys were up in the. 90s. I heard, heard about that. Yeah, like Bryce Young's test was like a ninety-eight. I think Will Levis was uh, ninety-three, and then you go all the way to the bottom. It was it was C.J. Stroud at like 18 percent. So and like I don't know. It's it's you say yeah, like they'll take a flyer on a guy, but it's like how much it's like, yeah, if he's got the ability, yeah, we'll give him a shot. He played in the big 10. He led his team to a playoff. But then there's his test score. Do you think they'll still take the flyer? They don't, I don't know. Some guys can make a stink about it and other guys don't. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think historically, like the trend has been that these, these teams are will like and I guess, I mean, it's so easy for, for us when we're not like having, when, when our job is not on the line, if you, if you don't like, like, it's probably pretty hard to to as a GM or as a scout, as a talent evaluator, to say, no, we're gonna pass on a guy like CJ Stroud. Like deep down me, I don't have any skin in this game though. Like I don't think I'm like I would I would pass. But what if I'm the if I'm the GM of the Colts, so I'm looking at a mock right now, they have the Colts have the CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, you know, you have like an ownership and a head coach stance who's like, well then who's gonna who's gonna play quarterback for us? Okay, if you're not getting one from the draft, you know what I mean. So, I can see that. Um, but but I, I agree with you, Scott. I think there, you know, you can see um, there are red flags that this, even and with the the testing too. Yeah, I, I think that means something. Yeah. I would take it into consideration. Yeah, you go. Back I think there's you. a reason why. Like I have been high on Bryce Young almost since he was a freshman. I think he's incredible. I don't care that he's small. I don't care that he's um. I don't care that he's small. I don't care that he's, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't, he doesn't, have doesn't run. Yeah. I don't care about that. And and I, I would base my evaluation more on what I've seen and, 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 and that, that test score you're talking about that backs up what I've seen is like, he is a cerebral, he, a uh, player who knows the game and plays. It, it seems like he plays for the right or not plays for the right reasons, but he, plays the game the right way. Like, I love it. I love everything about him. And, and, and so, you know, that, that, but, but around draft time, people were saying, Oh, like Anthony Richardson's a better, he's a better prospect than Bryce Young. Yeah. But didn't he only really have like one good solid year at Florida? Oh, he only started one year. It's up for debate whether it was even good or solid. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, but then again, it's like he, he had, a good year at Florida is that like you know they didn't really win anything. So does that is that enough to go? In, in my mind, no. But I mean, they they say that this uh, they go look at his pro day and people were like, oh wow, like he. Oh wow, he hit the ceiling. I'm yeah. sold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, is there any? I don't know. Do you expect any surprises? Any, any, I'll, I'll ask you guys if you have any, uh, not surprises, but like, uh, you know, any hot takes, any, any, I call it here. I call it now. Mm, I think, I not, think, uh, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but Kayshawn's going to fall. Yeah. I think Kayshawn continues to fall. I'm wondering. Uh, if, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't have too much of a big take one. I think, the the running back class this year, I would say is pretty thin. Um, I think court running back one is Bijan Robinson out of Texas, but I think some team and like there's a lot of mock drafts where, where there's no running back at all in the first round. And that's something that's kind of been a trend 
uh, in the NFL the past few years. And uh, right now, Bijan's kind of like a mid-first round pick, but I think it's actually going to fall, and there's going to be no no running backs taken in the first round. Mm. So that, that could be way off, but uh, I'll just say that one. Yeah, I was trying to think who the Saints might draft. Maybe the Saints would be the ones that would mix it up and take one, but we we got Kamara and we signed somebody else towards the end of the year. We got our quarterback David Carr. Um, like, what what do they need? Like, what do you what do you think the Saints would take with that first pick? Maybe a quarterback. The Saints. We need we need uh, D end. We need that badly. Um, we got Cam Jordan, but he's getting on in years, and we've let go of a fair number of people. So there, um, and I think. Uh, another threat, either I would say in the passing game, another wide receiver to compliment Chris Olave as well. I think these are were our big needs last year, and we kind of addressed it. But I would say go there again, and then we can kind of stuff with the running back position with whoever we get because we got Jamal Williams from uh, Detroit, and that'll be fine. And our offensive line has actually been pretty good, uh, so I would say D end and, and wide receiver are the needs. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Tommy agrees. Well, guys, I think that's all, that's all, that's all I had. I don't have any big surprise picks. Uh, couldn't tell you. Um, anything else before we head out? I think that's a wrap. Yeah, I think that's a wrap, man. But we're, you know, the, the, the football is slowly creeping more and more into the conversation. I mean, don't look now, but we're heading into May and then May it's only two more months and then we're in real football territory. So Kind of exciting. Yep, yep. Then guys are reporting. It's going to be great. Um, we'll have it for you here, of course. It's going to be slow. Stick with us, folks. It's going to get better. Um, but, you know, we're going to have baseball to take us through, hopefully. And having said that, that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Hope you all had a good week. Tune in uh, next week. We're going to have the recap of uh, LSU series against Arkansas and anything else that comes out including the draft. So until then, hope everyone has a good week. Stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Ticks.